Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. It's good, isn't it, just to worship together, reconnect with our Lord. And it's good to be together. Thank you for being here today. Welcome. Good to see some college students home. We miss you guys when you're away. And uh, those of you who I know a number of us have been away with, on, for health reasons, and good to, to have you back, and um, just good to be together. Appreciate you being a part of our, our church family. Excited for where we're going today, and we are going to unpack a truth that... Uh, you know what, guys, it's kind of weird. This side is like packed. This side is medium and medium. I'm going to be like leaning this way all day. <laughs> That's crazy. I wonder what, why. There's got to be a sociological reason for that. But hey, had to get that out. The, uh, I'm, I'm chasing rabbit trails in my head already because next Sunday's text is Paul going ADD on a rabbit trail. And so God's in the rabbit trails. So, uh, but anyway, I won't do that again. Forgive me. <laughs> Back to the main thing. We are on this series, Reset, and the idea is, okay, this year, we are asking God, would you open our eyes to who we are as your people, what you called us to do, and help us see that clearly so that it, it stokes in us a passion to live out what you called us to live out. And to help us with that, we're looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the Christ followers in Ephesus in the first century, which is really the first three chapters are about, uh, they're just heavy on truth and doctrine, who we are, and then the next three chapters, okay, here's the calling as you uh, set out to, to live out this reality that you're, you've been based on. Now, truth is really the foundation that, upon which we build our faith and our practice, our life, our priorities, our, our attitudes, the things that we do in our lives. Are, are built on this truth. So today we're going to look at another bedrock truth upon which to, to really live our lives. Last week, the, the first truth we looked at in Ephesians 2 was the saving grace of God and just that reality that stoked in us a desire to, to thank Him and praise Him is that we were not good people who, who have done bad things. We're dead people who needed to be made alive in Christ. And God has done that for us, those of us who know him and have trusted him as our savior, and um, he opens our eyes to who Jesus is, what he did for us on the cross, dying in our place, and gives us the faith to believe. And as we believe, we receive this eternal life, which is a relationship with God forever. And today we're going to look at the, uh, the grace of God, but not the saving grace, but the reconciling grace of God. When you think about reconcile, reconcile what comes to your mind? Reconciliation is about coming together. When it, it's about a relationship. It's two, two uh, parties who are apart or two people who are apart coming back together. It's about intimacy. So to help us uh, see reconciliation, think about it and, and uh, fill this, and hopefully a picture that will stick a little bit, is I'd like to invite two canine uh, friends to help us out today, Riley and a, a dog named Lucky. So Riley is our dog, and one of the lessons that God teaches me through Riley is just that passion to dwell, to be together is her thing, it's her joy. And so she already has anxiety issues, but she especially goes into an anxiety issue to the point that it becomes a prayer request in our family. Minor prayer, prayer request nonetheless, when she has to get a haircut. 
And not just for Riley, but for the groomer. And so that was this Monday. We've groomed the process over the years to try to get through it. But it's, okay, 24 hours, or the night before I give her a trazodone, she has to go on a 24-hour liquid diet. And then uh, the morning of, I give her another trazodone. And, you know, we're talking to her and getting her through. And so this week, and I shared with the family this text. On Monday, I'm like, hey, Riley's all kinds of courageous on trazodone, haircut time. She needs prayer as does the groomer. Well, because when, when you hand her over to that groomer, you can just see the anxiety. The, she, she wants to be with us, and now she's apart. She's estranged. She's alienated. She gets so sad. Ears go down. It is the epitome of um, just sadness and, and separation. Well, Laura texts back, and by the way, today is Chad and Laura's one-year anniversary, and so thankful for Laura and our family. But Laura texts back, plotting her revenge. And isn't that a great revenge look on Riley's face? I don't think uh, that. So we're, uh, but, but I'm immediately like, where did she get that picture? How did she get a picture of Riley in a rearview mirror plotting her revenge? If you go back to the first picture I sent, Laura zooms in, finds that sweet face, takes a screenshot of it, and sends it back out. Is that not amazing observation? <laughs> and then Ma, uh, Tam sends back this picture of, yep, that's a, it's a meme, but hey, it's Riley doing her thing. But why does she go through all that stress and anxiety and, and end up doing stuff like that? It's because this is how she was, what she wants to be. She wants to dwell. I took a picture of this one Monday, Sabbath joy. This is where Riley, when she is with us, Happy as could be. She was created it to be with, not to be apart, but to be with, reconciled. So another canine story of a dog named Lucky, who a couple weekends ago has met a friend, new friend at a golf event, and we were talking about our dogs, and he's like, yeah, my wife uh, went to the, the, the animal shelter, and, and I said, what kind of is your dog do you have? Pure mutt, pure mutt. But she went to the animal shelter, found this mutt that needed a home. Now, you know, if you know dogs, they live to be with you. Can you imagine how, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, just out of place a dog must feel in the world in an animal, animal shelter with no family to just be with. And how much, how happy and joyful it must be when it finds its place in a home. And so th- Scott was saying, hey, my wife spoils Lucky. I mean, Lucky, I, I in the family, what, who matters most in the family? Lucky's here and I'm here. And he's telling stories about it. He said, but, uh, but one night she put Lucky out before bed and she was so tired that she forgot that she let him out. And it was Lucky's stuck outside all night. But do you know what that sweet dog did? Um, it did not bark, carry on, act like a spoiled whatever. It just climbed up on the porch snuggled up against the front door as close as it could get to his people and fell asleep. Now, that's the picture that, that I want, we want to see. Can, can you just see that picture in your mind, that dark, cold front porch? Lucky, just glad to have a family, but now shivering outside. I'm sure dreaming dreams of his wishing he could be inside and snuggled up somewhere closer to his family. Well, as Scott said, my wife, the next morning, felt so bad when she realized what she had done to Lucky. And when that, can you imagine the joy when the front door swings open and Lucky, his tail's wagging and giving love and, and uh, 
evidently that day was a lucky day for Lucky as he got spoiled all over again. All right. With that scene of being far and then being brought in, here's the truth that that we're going to look at today. Jesus came and gave his life for us, not only to make us alive, but to welcome us home. He came to invite us into a family, into an intimacy with him, but also with each other. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, allow this text. This text really lifts up three questions that will guide us through a, a retelling of our story as we, those of us who have come to faith in Christ. And if you haven't, his invitation is, is open to you today. But it's a story with three questions. The first is, where were we? The next is, where are we now? And then the third question is, how did we get there? Thankfully, the, uh, as Paul writes this letter he, he, in this section of Scripture, which is Ephesians 2, 11 to 22, there's one verse that's the summary verse of the whole section, which is really helpful. You can hang pretty much all the contents of this text on three parts of this verse. And so we're going to look at this summary verse, Ephesians 2, verse 13. Look at it. It gives us the big idea. And then we're going to go through the text, break it down, and then I'll share three fitting responses as a result of this core truth. But the, the prayer is that this truth will become more clear or we'll, we'll awaken to it in a way that will change change how we live and how we see life. So we'll go ahead and look at uh, verse 13. Paul writes this, but now, and those two words, but now, we're going to say that with a greater enthusiasm here in a minute as as this uh, text becomes visible or truth becomes visible, but he starts, he says, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So the three questions that this text walks us through that can summarize our faith journey is, okay, where were we? And Paul in verse 11 says, remember this, remember this. Remember where were we? And what verse 13 says, it says we were far away. What's that mean? We'll, we'll get to that, but that's the question. And then it says, we, we who are far away have been brought where? The word is near. And you say, okay, how did we go from far to near? And then we see it's through the blood of Christ. So big picture, the truth today is remember this. We who are far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. So the first question is, okay, what does he mean by far, far away? What, what, what does he have in mind? And he fleshes that out. It's like you can click on that word far and you come to verse 11 and 12 where he explains what this means. He says, therefore, verse 11, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. So he's saying you who are Gentiles, meaning those, any race, nationality outside of Israel or outside of the Jewish nation, um, Circumcision was the sign of a, a Jew. It's what God told Abraham to do and, and would mark those people. And just a side note, was God just for Israel and against everybody else? And, and the answer is no. He chose Israel to be a blessing to all nations. They were to represent him to the nations, draw people to himself. They were to be a kingdom of priests who, who would say, 
show by how they lived and who God was so that it would be a, a, a drawing of nations to him, and they failed in that. And so their very distinctiveness became not a, uh, something that would draw people to God, but rather a separation, draw, repelling people from him. And here in the first century, we see that's playing out, and this was a big deal in the first century church. So he says, verse 12, remember that at that time, you speaking of Gentiles, were separated from Christ, or literally without Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. So he's talking about the Abrahamic covenant, the covenant with Moses, with David. He says, and this is a summary phrase, you are without hope and without God in this world. And so when he says far, and we think about where we were, we were far away, and the summary phrase, without hope without God in this world. How far? Think about the, uh, and this is the relationship, the uh, context here is relationship. Um, far from God's people, far from him, far from those who belong to him outside of his kingdom. Think about a time when you felt really alone or really on the outside. Is a moment coming to your mind when it's just, you just felt alienation, felt utter by yourselfness. Maybe it was when you were actually a foreigner in another country and you just felt that. You couldn't talk to people, surrounded by people, but no one who knew you and you just felt like you didn't belong. Maybe it was when during a holiday season and Christmas seems to be the big one where we just want to be with the people that we know, we love, and lo they love us and you, were, you had to be far away from them. One moment that just comes to my mind, and I'll share the story maybe so it can help us just fill this, was that it happened at the campus of Taylor University, and a group of students from the school I was going to in college, we went there for a conference, and it was Friday night, and that group said, hey, we're going out to do this, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go find my friend from high school who goes here, Rod Chandler, play basketball, and I'm going to go find him and hang out with him tonight, and so they went, I went looking for him, well, that was back pre-cell phone all the time, and uh, so it was hard to find him, and I didn't realize, um, I thought Taylor's a semi-small campus, it'll be easy, everyone will know Rod, well, I'm wandering around campus, it's getting dark, um, you know, knocking on different dorms, and like, hey, do you know Rod? Finally, I, I was pointed in the direction, I think lives over there, the basketball team uh, would hang out in this, it's like a modular home-looking thing, and I remember approaching that home, the module, that uh, space, that dorm, and the lights were on, and I could hear, you know, the sound of, sound like guys having a great time inside, laughter, but I'm out here by myself, in the, and it was just dark, and it was cold, and I just felt so utterly alienated, alone, and I'm standing there on the front step of that, getting ready to knock, and just like, am I going to be welcomed in? Do I want to even knock? You know, just alone, far, you know, alienated, outside, not apart. Went ahead, knock, knock, knock. Hey, does, you guys know, does Rod Chandler live here? Yeah, and say, hey, Rod, there's a guy out here looking for you. And, and here comes Rod, big smile, and come on in. And within a matter of moments, I went from far to near. It was like I was part of the, the brotherhood and found out these guys had actually been praying for something that our family had been going through at the time. Far to near. But for us as followers of Christ, how much more when Paul says, but now, but now, 
you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And it leaves us with the second question, okay, what exactly does near mean? What, what, what's the significance of this? And we see this in verses 19 to 22. If you look down, he says, consequently, verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people in Christ. When we come to faith in Christ, we become part of a kingdom where we get citizenship rights for the people of with the people of God, fellow citizens, and, but it's more than that, it's we are members of his household, or literally uh, members of his family. We belong to the family of God. And then he goes with the a building metaphor. He says, but you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, meaning the teaching that we receive from them with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So as we come together and our, our connect in relationship, Christ is the one that holds us together. We're united by him. It's him that we, uh, we take all our cues from as we grow and uh, do life together. But it says, in him, the whole building is joined and held together, is, is joined and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Side note on this, it's, it's neat when you understand, remember what, one of, what Ephesus boasted? If you went to Ephesus and it was a tourist location to go see what? The, one of the seven ancient wonders of the world, the temple to the Greek goddess Artemis. And as Paul's trying to describe how, who we are and what we've been brought into, he's, he goes with this building metaphor almost as if to say, guys, you think this temple to the, the Greek goddess Artemis is something else? Well, God's building something else, and you're a part of it. Like, like, and it's rising up through, to be a holy temple in the Lord, and here comes the climax, which is one of those that it just fades into mystery and, and beauty. Hard to wrap our minds around it, but verse 22. And in him, in Christ, you two are being built together. You might circle that word together. This is something that happens when we come together in relationship. You are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Once we were far off, now we have been brought near. Citizens of his kingdom, members of his family, and together, when we come together, we are the dwelling place of the living God. Now, guys, when we hear that word dwell, it's one of those words in the Bible that, that it, it triggers something. If you study the word, you know how a dog has like, a limited vocabulary, 10 words or whatever. I don't know what it is. But when you say, you know, like snack or walk or, and for us, it's, it's grandma. Um, Tam's mom, Riley just loves Tam's mom. And she's like, when we hear the word dwell, it's a, for the Christian, it's like, this is big. This is big. This runs through the centuries, through time. This, you can summarize the redemptive passion of God with this word in that he desires, longs to dwell with us and makes it possible for us to dwell with him. Through the Old Testament, you hear it in the songs, in the Psalms, Moses said in verse Psalm 90, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Psalm 91, next Psalm says, those who dwell in the, the presence of the, uh, um, ah, it's, um, 
Somebody help me. Anybody want to help me? <laughs> it's there. <laughs> and then you go throughout, and it's in, throughout the psalm, Psalm 84, and again and again and again. Take it to the last page of the book, Revelation chapter 21, and John just says, he writes, I heard a loud voice from the throne of God saying, look, like, look at this, see this. The dwelling place of God is with his people. He'll be with them and they will be with him and he will wipe away all tears. And when God is with us, what do you have? When God is dwelling in a place, when he's present, what do you have? How would you describe the arrival of God as he dwells with us and we dwell with him? Lots of ways, but the, the quickest is Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. There's love, perfect love. There's joy. You can't help but sing and you can't help but smile and when he shows up. I think about resurrection morning when he showed up with the disciples, John 20, and what are they doing? The text says, overjoyed. And there's what? Peace. That's what Jesus told them on that resurrection morning. Peace be with you. Guys, now, now here's where it gets exciting. As his church, when we get together in his name, it's people who love him or following him. He is manifesting his presence in our fellowship. He's with us. Do you feel what that does? <laughs> not only are we not alone, we have each other. We have him who unites us. Does it make anybody else wanting to just dwell with, with each other? <laughs> That's how near we've come through Christ. It leads to that third question. Okay, if we've gone from this far away to this near, how did all this happen? How did we end up here? And we see that in verse 13 again, where the text says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. How did all this happen? And this is solely through the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ representing what Jesus did for us on the cross as he gave his life, not just to, to make us alive, but to welcome us home. How has the door of heaven been opened, the kingdom of God opened for us? And it is only through the blood of Christ. How can we come into his presence even this morning as sinners, people who we fail and we, we're not worthy We'll spend the rest of our days on earth seeking his forgiveness. But it's through the blood of Christ. And it's through his blood that we can run boldly into his presence as his kids live near him. And this is how we live, close to one another in, in relationship. I, I love the, uh, the fact that you think about how this happens. And when he says it's through his blood, do you feel the reconciling passion of, of God in this? What did God give to make this possible, to draw us in, to make us citizens, family, to, to allow us to be a dwelling, even in this day? He gave his life. He gave his all. So what is our fitting response today? So you think about um, this truth, and we allow this truth to awaken. You say, okay. But now, I was there, now I'm here, and it happened through this. What is my fitting response? And I bet, I, I bet, if I asked five of us to come up here, I bet you every one of us would say this word, the first one, gratitude, thank you. As we think about the cross, 
gratitude is our, our fitting response. And I just love, as we get together, why do we sing? It's because what he's done, his reconciling grace and drawing us near. And so the, uh, ex- an exercise I'll, I'll, I did this week, and it's neat, I encourage you to do as you think about this truth. If you go back into this text, write down, make two columns, one for uh, without Christ and then one with Christ, and just from the text, put the words that, and when you go through those words, they co- it creates a contrast that at the end of it, you're just like, thank you, Lord. It's a worship time. I'll share the ones I came up with. Without Christ, we are far away. With him, we are near. Um, without hostility, now peace. Two groups separated, now we are one body. Outside of the kingdom of God, now we have access to the Father. We were foreigners, now we are citizens. We were strangers, now we are family. We were without God, now we are with God. Without hope, now we have hope. We are the dwelling place of God. This leads us to say thank you, Lord, and, and to praise him. The second fitting response, as we think about this picture, is the uh, thinking about the far how far we were is reconciling passion. We were this far and Jesus came for us. Think about the people in your life who are without God and without hope in this world. And maybe it's a friend at work, friend at school, but what would it be like to be in that space? I think about that dark night there outside my friend's dorm or the front porch with Lucky, you know, and and just outside. But how much greater the darkness and the alienation to be without hope and without God in this world, to face what we're facing. And the good news, though, is that we are the ambassadors of, of heaven. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. A ministry that, where we go to people, and Paul said, I'm, when I get with people, I say, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God, meaning God sees the righteousness of Christ in us so that we can be near. And so he's going around saying, guys, the war is over. You don't have to be far from God. Come to him. And you don't have to be far from each other. Come to him. And there's this reconciling passion that, that starts to beat in our hearts. This week I was trying to live on this truth. And by the way, the two words but now is just, we are a but now people, aren't we? But now. But now. But now. And it, what helped me to, it, it sends me into this truth. You really have to remember two words. But now I was far, or I mean, I, but now I was far and now I'm near and you just think through all these, the gifts. But now, you don't have to, to stay far from God. You don't have to stay alienated from those around us. What's the, the, the goal of the enemy of our soul? It's division. You could fill it this past year, couldn't you? two years. He, he's seeking to divide us, to alienate us. And I love the picture of the body of Christ being a reconciling force on this earth you know stoking thinking god came for us to to draw us near so i'm going to be a peacemaker jesus said blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons and sons and daughters of god um, it's like that's my kid that's what his kids do we are a reconciling force so who in your life is far from god that you could be sharing with them 
the, the message of, of reconciliation and just move forward to do that. I know it, it can be awkward and we want to be led by the Spirit and not uh, get ahead of Him or, or whatever, but it, it stoked me this week. It was uh, yesterday at the deck, there's this guy that's been coming in, working out about the same time I work out, but he's, he looks like someone I used to know, but it's like, I don't know if it's him. And you know, if our students go off to college and they come back looking a little, this guy gained like 50 pounds of muscle or something, and I'm like, I don't know if it's that guy. And so I wasn't going to uh, risk the awkward moment, but yesterday I'm like, I'm going for it. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, are you who I think you are? And they're like, yeah. Like, we caught up and I said, hey, if you don't have a church home, Come on. Like, the main thing is that he goes from far to near. And maybe he'll come, maybe, but cool deal. Josh, he said, I've already been out playing basketball with the guys on Tuesday nights. And I'm like, yeah. Thank you, Josh and uh, Mike Moore and the ministers. Why are we doing trunk or treat? Reconciling passion. Why go through the headache of getting your trunk all ready and sitting out there in what could be cold weather? And it's because families who may not feel comfortable coming to our church, like I'm just not either worthy or don't, don't know anybody out there or whatever, come out and they experience his love. They're, we offer an invite and maybe they just start coming to our church family and ultimately we'll get to know him nearer to, to our Lord. We're, we celebrated this past week the uh, salvation of, of Trent Richardson, a high school senior who had... Uh, Kyle Fox led to Christ this past week, and we don't have a rose on the piano because it would slide off. Seth propped her up. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's what it's about, isn't it? God is at work in the lives of those around us, reconciling people to himself, and we get to play a part in that. Third response is to this, so gratitude as we think about what Christ did for us, reconciling passion as we think about how far we were. But as we think about what it means to be near, the dwelling place of God, family, a new desire to dwell with each other is, is the third fitting response. When we get a glimpse of what God is doing in his church, that he is building us together to be a dwelling place in which he lives, it, it just kind of stokes your fire to get with other people. Now, I know a lot of people have been hurt by church, and I think often those who are out not going to church is like, yeah, hypocrites. Well, we know that in the end day, Jesus will say, many of you said, Lord, Lord, but I will say to you, I did not know you. Within the church, there's always going to be a few people who are not true followers of Christ. And I think, why let the 10, 10 people out of 1,000 who may hurt you, may not even be a follower of Christ, keep you from coming into community and into family? And when we do work through our stuff and our issues together, it's a chance to work through it and we do so with God's help and the, and the, the king helping us um, bringing, bringing peace but as we connect in loving relationships he is with us in a way that, that we can't experience on our, by ourselves it was so neat last week to be up in Connect 101 with those who are um, just learning more about our church and considering being a member of our church and I was able to just talk through church membership in a way that was a little different in that it's not something that we we have to do. It's something that once we understand who we are, citizens of his kingdom and members of his family, the question isn't, why would I join a local church? The question is, why wouldn't I? <laughs> it's another way just to say, I love you to the one who brought me near and to my, my family. And just, it, it's a commitment to them. Hey, I'm here with you. 
I'm in this together, and for this season of life, I'll, I'll run with you, and I got your back, and have my back, and, and let's go together. So can I ask, if, and by the way, if you're not a member of a church family or you're a guest with us, big welcome, and we, we want to be the welcoming presence of Christ to you, and we have a spot for you on our roster, and our next Connect 101 is in January, but uh, if you'd like to do that sooner, we'll love to talk with you and, and walk you through that process. But for the, I think most of us are engaged, and so could I invite you to ask this question, Lord, what part do you want me to play in your fellowship, in your in the body of Christ in this season. I feel like we've been just like a bit this past two years. We've had to be apart. Weirdest time of, you know, for a group that, and it's been neat, we've stayed together, but I feel like there's going to, this coming year, there's going to be a a kind of a reconnecting, regathering of the people of God. And so what part does he want you to play in that? And to be open to that, his leading. To, uh, and the word that keeps coming to mind, it's Tam's one word for this year, which I love, one of the reasons I love this girl, but her word is fun. <laughs> Let's just have fun together, you know? Well, what do you like to do? And, and it drew to mind a story of my sister who, a number of years ago, she was asking the question, Lord, I'm just looking to connect with some people and do life. And so, and she felt nudged to start a euchre group once a once a week or once a month on Friday nights, and she asked Bo and Rachel Humphrey, Eric and Pam Lyon, and uh, Brian and Mindy Duckett. And they just met, played euchre, no big agenda, but they were, it's the body of Christ coming together, God's dwelling with them, even in those fun moments, eating and having fun. When Mindy went to get engaged, it was down on the uh, canal in Indianapolis. Who did she invite? Well, her family or we're waiting, you know, we get to see this thing play out. But guess who else was invited to this very small gathering of people? <laughs> Bo and Rachel, Eric, Pam, Brian and Mindy. Why? Family. It's the dwelling. God brings us together. And so invite a, as a, a next step or as a response just to be thinking, how can I connect and, and help the body connect? So, bringing this all together, what's this, the, the core of this truth is remember, 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 remember this. But now, we are a but now people. But now, we who are once far away have been brought near to be the dwelling of God by the blood of Jesus. And our response is thank you, gratitude. It's reconciling passion to share this good news with those who are far and that it's to live in, live in community, a new desire to dwell together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth to us today. Thank you for making it possible for us to to be reconciled, Jesus, through your blood, so that we might just be able to wake up today and, and see the future as beautiful, see the sky just rend open and blue skies the goodness of God, the grace of God pour in on our lives. We thank you for that. Thank you for the way that, that this truth just stokes in us a desire to worship you, Lord, and say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to go out and this week share this good news, this reconciling grace. And, and then, Lord, I thank you for this fellowship that you've given us, this 
dwelling place where you live by your spirit as we connect and even this morning just gather and I'm so grateful. Thank you for each person here today. I do lift up our faith family. I see Kevin and Denise Higgins and pray comfort for them today as they remember Kevin's dad who went home to be with you and just pray that you'd be with them this week. Lord, we pray many needs in this in our faith family today and I thank you that you care lift them to you now. Lord, I thank you for this chance to to just be your dwelling place in this unique time in history. Help us to be faithful, to carry out the calling you've given us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.